Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear people. Good morning to you. How's that for a greeting today? I hope today is awesome. I was talking about Ezekiel yesterday. I'm going to continue talking about Ezekiel. And I used the passage of Scripture, uh, Ezekiel 18, 3-13. And then I also uh, used Ezekiel 18, 20. And I'm going to actually reread Ezekiel 18, 20. And then I'm going to continue and pray. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of a parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. Our Heavenly Father, I know from the Word of God that every single one of us are going to be accountable to you. Lord, we can't live by anybody else's laurels. We can't live by what we've been taught. We have to live a true relationship with you. Lord, if we claim you, may we live by you. May we walk with you. Give us strength in our weaknesses. Give us power to overcome those things that are before us. And God, direct our lives in many wonderful and powerful ways. We believe you are the Son of God, and we believe you have great things for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, you know, sometimes we put ourselves in other's shoes. And think it's no big deal. I can handle their pressures. I can handle that. I don't know how they can't. None of us will ever know. You know, most of you listening, if you've listened to me very long, you know that my wife and I lost a son a long time ago, back in 1992. Luke, he was five and a half in a car wreck. It was a devastating time in our lives. And you know, it's, of course, it's still, as you hear about it from time to time here on the radio, it's still as deep rooted in our heart. And sometimes people would say, yeah, I know what you're going through. I'm telling you what, nobody knows what you're going through. They could have an idea the pain's bad, or maybe they've lost a child or a parent, and they understand pain. But everybody's pain is different. Everybody's understanding's different. And, you know, we all handle pressures different. You know, we're all tempted in life, every one of us. Nobody's going to go without temptation. I am sure you have temptation every day. Some of my greatest temptations comes when I'm driving down the road. I'm always tempted to get angry at something. I have such a hard time with patience, and I have a hard time praying for patience because I don't want to be tempted anymore. It's tough enough for me. But every one of us deal with temptations on a daily basis, and we think we might be able to handle it better than another guy. But, you know, that isn't always the case. I heard a story about a minor league baseball coach that was so disgusted with one of his players' performances in center field that he ordered him to the dugout, and the manager went out himself to play the position. The first ball that came to him took a bad hop and hit him in the mouth. The next one was a high fly ball, and he lost it in the sun, and it bounced off his head. The third pitch was a line drive that he dived for it and hit him in the eye. Furious, the manager ran back to the dugout, grabbed the fielder that he had replaced, and shouted, You idiot! You've got center field so messed up that I can't do anything with it. Well, that's kind of the philosophy some people have. Giving into temptation births sin. You hear that? Giving into temptation births sin. Listen to James, a great writer. James says this in chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. He said, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own 
evil desire and entice. By the way, in my Bible, I have own underlined. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's the Word of God. Folks, you're always going to be tempted, and you will always have a choice to make. And the closer one stays to God, the closer you spend time in prayer and asking God's protection on you, the easier it is to say no to the sins of the world that overwhelm us. And everybody has different temptations. Your temptations and my temptations are probably not the same. Oh, some of us have the same temptations. But I can tell you this, too many people put themselves in situations that gives them an easier avenue in birthing sin. Many just tangle, or I should say dangle, the apple, which I talked about earlier in front of them, flirting with the things of the world instead of running from the very appearance of evil. I never forget my father telling me that over and over as a kid growing up. Tommy, avoid the very appearance of evil. If your friends try to have you do something you shouldn't do, stay away from them. My father, he talked to us boys about that all through life. And I tell you what, thank the Lord he protected us. Uh, He protected us. The Lord protected us. And I think some of it was because of our parents least breathing that truth into us. Ezekiel was dealing with all sorts of folks who flirted with evil and fell victim to the evil that was before them. And they paid the price as God brought judgment to the people. Why is it that we can't get that? What is it that holds us from really understanding what God is trying to do in people's life? Why is it that we can't understand that there are major consequences for being disobedient to God? As a pastor, I deal with that all the time. And believe me, I know we've all been disobedient to God, including myself. We've all sinned, the Bible says. We've all fallen short. We are not perfect people. There are so many things that I would change if I could go back in time. I would change and I would not do. There's so many things that my philosophy, I, you learn so much in life, but you know, you got to get past that. You say, God, you've taken care of that, but now help me. Help me now. And when God lays something on your heart, follow through with it. Yet we be, continue down a path of destruction. We continue to be immoral. We continue to be drunk. We continue to lie and to steal. We continue to be unfaithful to God. Is it that we are hungry to see the wrath of God? Are we anxious to see God's anger upon our lives? The fault lies in our own corner. Just like God told Ezekiel, the kids can blame their parents. Their parents can blame the kids. Oh, if you wouldn't have forced me to go to church, I wouldn't have turned out this way. Now that we live according to the new covenant, and Jesus Christ died for our sins, we have no excuse. God has cleansed us through, uh, of all unrighteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. He has given us an opportunity to be right before him. And as I've said many times, it's not about the church. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about what he tells us to do and how he tells us to live, how the word of God tells us to live. The church is an instrument. The Bible says the church is the body of Christ. It's an instrument to help us in our walk with God. I appreciate people who are faithful to the house of God. 
people are who will spend time in learning and growing. You know, we have gone, though, as I've talked about many times, pretty much to an hour-a-week generation. We'll give God an hour a week, but the rest of the time, no, we're too busy. We're too busy for any other times other than an hour Sunday mornings. It's even hard to get people to go to Sunday school and to church. Or if there's sometimes, I know churches that have three meetings a day, and some of them are very faithful in uh, what they believe in, and they go, and they're very faithful. But boy, I tell you what, the enemy loves to uh, take away our time. And you know, I know our relationship with God isn't built on time. He's not probably taking attendance on everything we're at. But I can tell you this, the more you're around the things of God, the more you're around teaching, the more you learn, the better you are, the more you respond. Following God's directions leads to life. You want life? You want real life? You want a fulfilled life? Follow the path that Jesus Christ has laid out for you. God has given us everything we need to be saved. He blesses those who are faithful. He wants to bless your life. He wants to make you alive in him. He wants you to enjoy the freedom of being free in Christ, not having to look over your shoulder every time something doesn't go perfect or you slip and you say something wrong. Now, I hope, I know sometimes you people listen to me, they think I'm very legalistic because I'm very conservative. I'm one of those that I think we need to avoid sin at all costs. I think that we need to live as righteous as possible. But I know this, God knows our heart. And I don't think God, and even you find in Paul's writings, that God wants us looking over our shoulder every moment and, and living in fear of messing up. That isn't God. He knows your heart. He knows if you're right with him. You know, you don't have to tell him. He knows. And he knows that he knows that we slip. He knows that we fall. But he's there to pick us up. He wants you to know his grace is sufficient. Oh, sure, he wants you to be led by the Spirit. And he gives us a conscience to remind us of how to live. And if things get out of balance, he wants to wake us up. Boy, he's woke me up on several occasions. I wish years ago he had woke me up even more. I wish I could have been aware of things and thought differently. You know, but you can't, you can't shoulda. As I've told you before, I had a friend of mine, my best friend, one of my best friends on this planet, had a, a yacht and he named it Can't Shoulda. Because in life you can't should have done something. It's too late. You do it now. You can, always looking, you can always be looking for bad things, or you can always be looking to see God and see what he has in store for you. What are you looking for? Are you keeping your eyes on the master? Are you keeping eyes ahead? You know, I coached sports for a number of years. You hear a lot of sports stories. I don't talk a whole bunch about my baseball stories, but I coached baseball. And one of the things that my father taught me, he used to take me out. I was a pitcher, and he'd have me pitch. 100 balls a night, and he would kneel down and crouch at age 55 years old, and he was a heavy set guy. But he would catch me, he taught me how to throw, but he always says, keep your eyes on the glove. Keep your eyes on the glove. And so I, had, I really had good control. In fact, I had too good a control because people weren't afraid of me to bat because they knew that I would be throwing strikes, and I did. But I, you know, I read a story about a hummingbird and the vulture flying over the desert. All vultures see is rotting meat because that's what they look for. They're sustained by that diet. Hummingbirds ignore the smelly flesh of dead animals. Instead, they look for the colorful blossoms of desert plants. The vulture lives, the vulture lives on what was the, in the past. The hummingbird 
lives on what is. Folks, let's live on what is. Lord bless you. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.